Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to DraftKings Network. Ortiz fights it off center field. Damon running to the plate, and he can keep on running to New York. Back to full. Red Sox fans have longed to hear it. The Boston Red Sox are world champions. I can't circle. I don't have my telestrator today, but what? here comes a pizza. See it? <laughs> This is our fucking city, and nobody gonna dictate our freedom. Stay strong. Welcome back to the Name Redacted Podcast, America's most beloved podcast, the most downloaded Red Sox podcast in the world. Um. I mean, what else are you supposed to do, Tyler? Die. What else are you supposed to do? Tyler's internet's already out. We are what? 15. Yep, 15 seconds into the... Po- oh, he's back. Okay. All right. Got to give credit where credit's due, Tyler. It never ends. It never ends. Pain and suffering is uh, it's upon us. It's, uh, it's, it's unavoidable. It's nothing we can do. The only person that saw it coming was Jake. Predicted the sweep before the series. Uh, man, that was a tough watch. That was a tough watch. And we're already, I feel like we're already transported back to December where I've got Red Sox fans saying that I'm being too negative. And I'm like, bro, are you you watching the same games that I'm watching? Are you seeing the same lineup cards that I'm seeing? And I feel like, you know, there is a lot of misguided anger. Like I saw people like complaining about the starting pitching today. Uh, what part of Corey Kluber's outing did you not like? I don't know. Uh, I, I, well, it's it's so wild because it's no disrespect to Ian Brown, but like he put out a tweet today and it's like, oh, well, Corey Kluber's supposed to be the replacement for Nate Evaldi. It's like, what what are we doing here? Like, what Nate is Evaldi your expectation? Sucks. He just gave up like six runs to the fucking Royals last night. No, but Corey Kluber, he's Rich Hill. It, it's Rich Hill. It's stuff that, you know, he's barely getting by in terms of what it actually is. I don't think he pitched awful today. Like, he did what Corey Kluber's going to do. He's going to go close to five innings. He's going to keep you in the game, and then it's up to your bullpen and your offense to win it for you. Yeah. And guess what? Bullpen absolutely shit the bed the minute they came in, and you know, I can already hear it. Richard Blyer, I know, I know. It was bad Babbitt luck. It's fair, right? But you just got swept. You just lost four games in a row. There's no mm-hmm. bad luck that gets you swept four games in a row. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. So guess what? You sucked. You sucked yesterday. You sucked the day before that. You sucked in the first game on Monday. Suck, 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 suck. It all sucked. 
<laughs> like, like Syria, I, you can be upset. You can be negative. You're not going to overreact. Right? It's one series. But at the end of the day, what we found out here is when it comes to elite competition, good fucking luck to the Red Sox. The Rays had their foot on your neck. And yes, you lost two games by a run. They had their foot on your neck at any moment. They could finish you off. Mm. Some games they let you hanging around, you know, one nothing in that first game. Hey, sure. Stay around. Brandon Lau, take you to the fucking moon in the eighth inning. Yesterday, you can hang around. Devers gets you one run, you know, away from tying it. Never felt like they were going to come back and win that game. And even today, when you had the lead for, you know, four or five innings, whatever it was, you knew at some point the floodgates were going to open. And before you know it, they put what a seven spot on you. And that's the whole series. What was it? It was a it was a six run fifth. Yeah, they or seven was, was a seven. Yeah, it was a seven run fifth. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I guess you know what? Let's start at the beginning. Let's start at the beginning because it's it. We're not that far removed from that one nothing ball game where Nick Pavetta goes out there and pitches really well, and. This is a guy that we've already had the conversation. Is he the odd man out when Bayo comes back and when fucking Paxton comes back and you've already got Garrett Whitlock back? Uh, is is Pavetta going to lose his starting job? He looked excellent against the Tampa Bay Rays, who I believe have the not just like the record for starting off 13 and 0. They have the record for most home runs through a team's first 13 games of a big league season. So he shut them down. And you lose one nothing. Uh, who who gave up the homer? Uh, it was Chris Martin. Chris Martin, um, who's been Which, great. That was his first run allowed all year, right? Yeah, it was the first one, and he gave up one later in the series. But like you said, one run against this offense—that's yeah. all you could ask for. They've scored yeah. more runs than they've struck out this year. Yeah. Like, think about how insane that is. And the Red Sox—I know some people wanted to crap on Devers. He had a really rough game, zero for three. Devers just did what he did for you in Detroit, what he's done for you all year, what he did for you later in this series. The guy has five homers. He's been Rafael Devers in every way. It goes to the other guys. It goes to the Kike Hernandez, Justin Turner, uh, Yoshida before he, you know, came out. And Turner had a nice rest of the series. But if we're talking the first game, Christian Arroyo, Tristan Cassis, like a lot of those guys aren't producing. And that was my fear, though. That was my fear going into this season was that. Rafael Devers is the only guy in the lineup so that when he doesn't come through in a big spot, it's going to stand out more because whether you want to admit it or not, if you're watching this team, you're going to sit there and say, well, if Devers can't get the job done, then we're fucked. And people are putting more emphasis on his at bats to come through in big spots like bases load and you strike out on a fastball right down the middle and everyone's like, well, you know, we're fucked. And more often than not, you're right. But I don't think it's fair to Devers to be like, you need to hit a fucking home run every time That's it. that you come up with men on base. Because if you don't do it, who else is going to do it? Oh, like You can't be the hero every night. It's impossible. No. And I mean, in terms of like offensive production, I, I think the, the realistic Red Sox fan probably looked at this roster coming into the season and saying, you know, this is not going to be. Uh, the prototypical doubles machine, run scoring machine, Red Sox offense. But you know, you look up and down, it's like, all right, well, Tristan Costas, he could have a breakout year as a rookie. And, you know, Adam Duvall, he's either going to hit, you know, 35 bombs or he might suck. We don't know. And, and there are a lot of question marks. And it's still, again, like 
I, I don't want to get crucified for saying things that make fans roll their eyes, but some of those things are actually true. For example, it's mid-April. <laughs> like I said, and, and what I say, I wasn't trying to sugarcoat anything. I just said, uh, all I wanted was the Red Sox to be watchable this year. The bar was so low and that series was not watchable. And it's like, but you know, on the counterpoint, hey, you know, let's get a grip here. It's one series and it's mid-April. It's still very early. You can say that. And I'm going to counter my own counter here. I'm, I'm basically having an argument with myself out loud. Then you counter and say, well, they're fucking eight games back already. Okay, well, what's the counter to that? No one was talking about the Red Sox winning the division this year. I don't give a fuck how many games back of first place the Red Sox are. I'm simply looking at how many games back of the sixth playoff spot they are. That's really all I'm looking at. Like, are we going to have something to root for this summer? And I would say a vast majority, if not everyone who listens to this podcast may potentially be in the same mindset. We're not thinking division. We're not thinking World Series. All of us are just sitting here thinking, are we going to have something to root for by fucking August, September? Like September is... is that may even be too optimistic. Like after the trade deadline, are we going to be talking about draft picks? Or are we going to be talking about the sixth playoff spot? That's what I want to know. And I don't want to know that the answer is draft picks by fucking May 1st. I don't want to have that conversation before Mother's Day. That's insane. Absolutely insane to me. But again, to have that conversation today, that would be overreacting to this series. Alex Cora, after the game, gave all the credit in the world to Tampa Bay Rays. They're hitting homers. Today, they hit more homers, but they had the, the weak contact. They were, there was, I think, Stats tweeted the screenshot of, of a couple of the base hits. They were like fucking in the other batter's box two inches off the ground, and they're just shooting the ball all over the place. Some would call that luck. Maybe there's some of that. Some people would say, and Alex Cora made the point, they put the ball in play. It's, it's crazy what happens when you put the ball in play. And the Red Sox struck out, what, 40 fucking times this series? And let's be real. What's the Red Sox philosophy coming into this year? Put the ball in play. Like mm. that has been what they've preached. They want to follow that. And I think that's where you fall into these same things. No matter what, every single game, there was real issues. The, the, just things aren't operating on the same way, whether it's the offense in game one. You know, I'm, I'm not going to beat up Chris Martin like we mentioned earlier. Game two and three, your starting pitchers absolutely shit the bed. You know, just got destroyed. And we'll get to Whitlock. I know, I know. We'll get to um, Whitlock. We'll get to Sale. Sale's not yeah. off the hook here. So I, I tweeted last night. I don't know if you saw my post-game tweet because I know that you were getting destroyed for yours as well. But last night, my post-game tweet was somewhere along the lines. Uh, actually, you know what? I'll just fucking pull it up because I want to I wanna get it word for word because I, I was unfairly attacked. Yeah, I'll say my worst day in terms of Twitter, like it's all bad right now. Like Red Sox Twitter is not where you want to be. But my worst day was Tuesday after the Whitlock day. And I used the term bridge year, which uh, lit a fire. It lit uh, quite can't a fire, that. which, uh, I, you know, I appreciate the people on the podcast who went and said, you know, I obviously you're not listening if you're overreacting to that, because Tyler says it about 30 fucking times an episode. Correct. Um, this was my tweet after the game last night, the game in which Chris Sale gave up six runs. It was a pair of three earned run innings. I said. The Red Sox rolled out a spring training lineup tonight and had guys playing out of position, but they ended up scoring seven runs and made it a one-run game late. 
That loss hangs on Chris Sale not being able to locate whatsoever. Three straight losses, two of which were winnable games. Those are just facts. Like I didn't, I didn't, people were saying I was making excuses. Where is the excuse? Two of the games were winnable. (laughs) They were. First game, one nothing. You can win that game. The Red Sox held the Tampa Bay Rays, who have the best offense in baseball, to one run. And you lost. That's a winnable game. Then you have the Chris Sale start, where he gives up six runs, gets tattooed, and you still scored seven runs. You score seven runs more often than not, probably should win that game. So that's not not giving credit to the Rays. That's just saying that, hey, you get swept in four games and the results are that you're 0-4 at Tropicana Field. But if you're sitting there watching the games, you could be like, yeah, well, you know, they, no, it's, it's not a moral victory. I don't give a fuck about moral victories. I care about real victories. So I'm not taking away a moral victory from this. But that could have been a series split. <laughs> like, it's not like they blew your fucking doors off and I, I'm not going to go as far as to say that, oh, the Red Sox can hang with the Rays. No, they can't. Not right now, they can't. No one can. I mean, you want to talk about the schedule. They played the Nats, the, the Tigers, the A, right, the A's? Yeah, the A's, yep. and now the last place Boston Red Sox. So you can talk about the quality of the opponent all you want. They're decidedly beating all these teams. And I mean, it's, it's, I'm giving all the credit in the world to the Tampa Bay Rays. I am. But... I- at the end of the day, it's, 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 it's frustrating and I get it. Like I was on with Maz last night and the callers are calling in complaining about the lineup. And let me just, if, if I'm assuming you know what the lineup was, if you're listening to this podcast, you're invested in this baseball team. Uh, but the lineup for yesterday's Boston Red Sox professional Major League Baseball game. This is 12 games. 12 games into the big league season. And this is what the Red Sox are rolling out for a lineup. The lineup is as follows. Alex Verdugo, Rafael Devers, Justin Turner, Tristan Casas, Rymel Tapia, Bob Stop, Reese McGuire, Yu Chang, and Kike Hernandez. That is a spring training lineup. And then today, I get it. I mean, you know, you don't want to burn the guy out, but no Devers in the lineup on a getaway day. You're playing the Tampa Bay Rays in a four-game series. You're trying to avoid the sweep, and you go Verdugo, Turner, Ref Snyder is your number three hitter in this lineup. And, and he fucking homered. I mean, I'm not going to like shit on Ref Snyder, but he's, he shouldn't be the number three hitter for the Boston fucking Red Sox in a major league game against a divisional rival. Verdugo, Turner, Ref Snyder, Casas, Bob Stop, Kike, Reese McGuire, Yu Chang, Christian Arroyo. Those are those are back-to-back games against the fucking undefeated Tampa Bay Rays less than two weeks into the fucking season? That's what you're rolling out there. And I'm going to hit an ad read real quick because we're not done with that thought. Baseball season is in full swing. 
Whether you're rooting for the home team or betting on your favorite player, DraftKings Sportsbook has got you covered for all this season's action. Right now, new customers can place a $5 pregame Moneyline bet and get $150 in bonus bets if your team wins. Plus, everyone can hit one out of the park with DraftKings stepped-up same-game parlays. Boost your winnings with each leg you add up to 100%. Jake, before the the series started, he had a, a Red Sox sweep promo going on. Did, didn't hit. Nope. Did not hit. Hit last time, though. Not this time. Not this time. Join the big league action now on DraftKings Sportsbook. Download the app. Sign up with the promo code Carabas, C-A-R-R-A-B-I-S. New customers can bet just $5 on any pregame money line and get $150 in bonus bets if their team wins. Only at the DraftKings Sportsbook with the promo code Carabas. Uh, all right. So this is, this is the crux of it. Before we start talking about games in the Rays series or whatever. Did it ever occur to you, Tyler Milliken? And this is not me. I'm not. I'm just asking you. I'm not. This is not like a take that I'm attacking you for. This is just a general question. Did it ever occur to you that losing Adam Duvall would turn your roster construction into an outright tailspin? Yes, it did. Uh, I, I would say yes, just because. And I think we had this conversation a couple weeks ago. When we were doing lineups, it was like, holy shit, like Duval should not be hitting fifth for this team. But if you take him out of this, what are you going to do in the middle? And I think that's why, like when that injury happened, I, I was and we what we did the podcast that day. We were hoping for the best. Now we know he's going to be out at least a couple months with a fractured wrist. Uh, there's just no replacement. You, you don't have one. Um, that makes sense as that righty bat that can go in that five spot or else you're kind of mixing and matching. And before you realize it, you pull Yoshida out and it's like full-blown chaos. It's bad enough that you're trying to make up the fifth spot with Rob Refsnyder, who no shame on him. He, he did a fine job for what he is. He was a platoon guy. He did. He looked solid in center when he was out there. But, you know, they're mixing and matching with him and Tapia for a team that was already working on such a thin margin. You just couldn't afford that kind of injury. And I think Duvall's hot start to the year hid all those guys that weren't hitting Justin Turner, you know, all the names I mentioned 10 minutes ago, I'm not going to go through it again, but Duvall was kind of cleaning up for you. He was the right-handed bat you were leaning on. Now you sit here and you think just in your head, what right-handed bat can you lean on? Now, Justin Turner's gotten hot the last two games, which has been nice, but it's a scary thought. You really do not have that thump and Duvall was stepping in for story. You take both of those out of the equation. It's just nothing you can be ready to handle. And now I think we look at the Red Sox lineup and you saw Coors trying to piece it together. There's no way, even if you add Yoshida in, once you get past that cleanup spot where you can feel super confident. Not at all. <laughs> Not at all. And like, <laughs> it, I, I don't know, because I know that people, like I got a lot of tweets from people saying, um, when are you going to come after Cora? When are you going to come after Heim? This and that. He should have kept uh, Corey Kluber in the game. To face Brandon Lau. He was hitless against Kluber before that. It's like, okay. So you o- keep. 0 for, for 2 with 2Ks. Spare me. Seriously. Yeah. Yeah, wh- what do you have Richard Blyer out there for? If he can't get lefties out, he's fucked. He can't get righties out as it is. So yeah. yeah, you send him out there and he can't do his job. And it was not great contact. I know. The expected batting average was in the 100s. It's bad luck. He shit his pants after that. And the whole game went out of the way. So guess what? Huh? Yeah. After the all of it. Just the whole thing, like the game got away from him. Stop the bleeding. That's what you need to do. And he couldn't do that. 
And yeah. at the end of the day, he shouldn't be asked to do that because he's a glorified loogie. They're trying to pretend like he can get right. He's out. He can't. That's why Julie Rodriguez was supposed to be here. Yeah. And now you're playing this game. It's just the hardest part. And I think there's plenty of things to yell at Heim about in this series. I think there's things to shit on Cora for in this series. Um, it just was bad. You got beat on every single level, whether you want to talk front office, whether you want to talk on the field, whether you want to talk fundamentals and coaching, you took L's across the board. There were, there were not many W's. And even like you said it earlier, Jared, even taking two of those games and they were close. Like the third game, I don't even feel that way because you committed so many stupid plays. Mm-hmm. Like Yu Chang. Yu Chang doesn't have a hit since the WBC, first off. <laughs> Secondly, he wouldn't be on this team, Heim, if you had went and got, you know, a second base or shortstop option. And I'm not saying it's Elvis Andrews, but Iglesias cho- took a fucking minor league deal. Sure, but like he'd even make the major league club. I don't know what the answer is. That's what is. I'm saying. Like you could have fucking signed him to a minor league deal. Yeah. Ha, uh, ha Kim. Ha, look at how the year he's having for the Padres already. And we don't know what the cost was. But overall, it's like that's the stuff you got to lean on with these kind of injuries. You traded for a guy in Montessi who's going to spend two months on the IL. It, like that was supposed to be your depth. And I'm not trying to tell you, oh, you have a five hitter then if, if you have that. But instead of having a guy in Yu Chang who doesn't cover first base when he needs to, which ended up hurting Sale, who made a shitty uh, fucking flop or what tossed to Bobby Delbeck at second base that cost him a double play. And then the decision to bunt when you have Taylor Walls at third base, Taylor Walls. Are you kidding me? He's a shortstop. He's one of the best infield defenders. And you're like, oh, let me throw a bunt down here. That had Cor- to have been Yu Chang's decision, right? Oh, it, yeah. Cora said after the game, it was Chang's decision. Okay, because so I, I, I fucking I texted Catillo and I was like, I don't want to. <laughs> I'm afraid to text Cora and ask him if he put the bunt sign on just in case. He's like, yeah, that was me. And then I'm like, oh, I obviously publicly disagreed with it. Uh, but I asked. Core Cat- called it a good baseball play after. Well, yeah, I asked Catillo if fucking if anyone asked the question about the bunt. And he said, no. So someone, like, no, someone did it. It was in post game. That's what that's where I heard the answer. But. I mean, like the second that he fucking squared to bunt, I was like, OK, because he, he squared twice. And that's where I'm like, all you're right, not even Alex. trying to bunt for a fucking hit. Like you're te- you're sacrifice bunting. You're giving up an out against the Tampa Bay Rays when they have fucking Pete Fairbanks on the mound throwing 99 mile an hour sinkers, and you're down two with a guy on first base. And I immediately tweet, I'm like, why the fuck are we bunting down two? And a couple of people are like, oh, you want to avoid the double play? Who fucking cares? You like, you need the fucking. What are we doing? Why are we giving up an out? That's it. You just hope Yu Chang runs into it. Whatever that's it is, it. just try. Just try to hit the ball. Like you need yeah. two runs. And that just goes to show. And that's my issue. It's like Yu Chang, all you have to, like, I understand you don't have a bat. At least play comp, like competent defense. Don't be a problem out there for a pitching staff that can't afford it, especially someone like Chris Sale. Zach Kelly took some of those L's as well. Um, but you need to be better. You need to be better overall. And that's where some of the depth and stuff, circling back to the Duval stuff. The error bars on this team, man, they were big. And if injuries like they have happened continue or you know, already are here and then you have underperformance, you see what happens. We were all saying they needed to get off to a hot start. Even the most optimistic fans, they needed to. You're five and eight. You showed no fight against the Rays. You know, overall, you got swept. There were I, times I wouldn't they, say they, they didn't show they didn't no give fight. up. But uh, let me rephrase that. They did show fight. It became clear that you were not even in the same universe as them. And yes. I think that's extremely demoralizing. Yes. And I think I think Catillo asked the question to Cora after the game today. Like, do you think that uh, 
this is a case of you being bad or the Rays being good. Like, what's the separation between you two? And Coro is just like, we're five and eight. They're 13 and out. Like, you do the math. <laughs> like, like, he didn't go into talent separation. He was just like, eight games, <laughs> you know. But I came away from that series with, you know, the confirmation. Like, you're just, you're not on the same level as some of these teams. And it, like, the, the, the talent in the National League just sitting there every night watching the Dodgers, the Padres, the Mets, the Braves. You're nowhere fucking close to, I mean, think about that. I just named a handful of teams in the other league that are World Series contenders that have a crazy amount of talent that took years to draft, develop, and extend. Like, they're working all these deals and signed through free agency and all these crazy trades, Juan Soto. Like, these teams are going balls to the wall effort-wise, front office-wise, to put together these superstar rosters. And there's a chance that, like, none of them even come close to the National League Championship Series. Then you have the Red Sox trotting out these lineups where, like, what are we doing? What are we doing? How did we get here? How did we get here? That's the question. Because, again, I, I think we've had this conversation so many times about this being a bridge here. And some fans don't want to hear that. Even I don't want to hear it because I just know, like, saying the, saying the term bridge here to me, because I care so much about the Red Sox and, it, like, it is my life. When you say the term bridge here to me, you're basically saying that a, a year of your life is not going to exist. Like, your purpose is not going... Like, you, you got to wait a year to, like, have your purpose. Like, that's what you're saying to me. So that's why I hate bridge here. But none of us are okay with it, by the way, for people who want to no. go and say we are. We did three hour podcasts the entire offseason, breaking it down, hitting on that stuff. Just because we were offering some positivity in spring training doesn't mean anything. It's you accept it for what it is and you try to make fun of it. You try to give yourself a reason to be excited, to get other fans excited. Right. Uh, that, and there's and, reasons and why for is that, that so wrong. Like, no, we, we're not fucking Dan Shaughnessy. We're not Tony Maz. We're not the professionals who are going to break this down with no rooting interest. Tyler is a Red Sox fan. Jake is a Red Sox fan. I'm a Red Sox fan. How miserable do you have to be to go into a season where there's a chance that you could win somewhere in the 80 something range amount of games? Which which and went be from like, a hot take the whole season before yeah. they even play a game. You can't, why? Why would you do that to yourself? Which is funny because that went from a super hot take in like call it mid February or throughout the offseason, really. And then by the end of spring training, I would say I didn't know anyone who didn't have them in the 500 to a little bit better range. Like that was a majority of fans. Um, and they were just like, yeah, you know, I think they'll be fine. They're not probably going to make the playoffs, but they'll be solid now. Now, you know, oh, my God, people are looking at us. You hear we're too negative. You hear we're too positive. We've told you we did all <laughs> these podcasts. We get it. Like, we get accused of both. Th that's it. And you can't have it like you're never going to win with some of these people. And that's the reality of it. But we've talked about what could have gone wrong and how this team had these error bars. Well, they're here. Injuries happen. Underperformance is happening. Does that mean we're going to say the team screwed for the rest of the year? No, because if the guys who Kike Hernandez or Royal, all these guys perform to the level they need to. Yeah, they're going to be better than what they are. But at the end of the day, the reason we didn't have them in the playoffs or right on that line or whatever is because we knew when it came to the elite of the elite, this team could not hang, especially when they're down a leg or two already with injuries as is. I sent like you Chang, not not great. Horrendous. Kike, I mean, like it's not working out at shortstop. You, you got him in center field, whatever. You got Bob playing shortstop when he's not a shortstop. 
Justin Turner, uh, up until today, has has looked like very slow. Um, Chris Sale, we could do a whole thing on Chris Sale. Garrett Whitlock, Tyler, you know what I'm going to say about that. Uh, Where the fuck is James Paxton? You know, Arroyo at second base hasn't gotten it done offensively. Yoshida is just drilling balls into the ground when he's he actually is out there. Uh, And there's plenty of complaints about who's the starting catcher, who's the everyday catcher on this team. And if it is Reese McGuire, motherfucker can't throw out a runner to save his life. So there is just problems all over the place. And (laughs) I know that we're far from the positivity horn right now. And I wish that I could blow it. I would love to blow the positivity horn at this at this moment, but these are just these are the facts. These are the observations um, from a frustrated Red Sox fan that wants this team to be good, that wants this team to win. But holy shit, there are there are some issues here, and I guess we can talk about. <coughs> let's start with Chris Sale. Because I don't want to pile on you with Garrett Whitlock right away. But Chris Sale, I think what a lot of people are seeing, what I am seeing, is when Chris Sale was at Pete Chris Sale, 2017 Chris Sale, his, his shit was moving so much that location did not matter. He was getting swings and misses outside the zone because his slider was just passing on through. Like guys had no chance. He was blowing his fastball. And even even when he was with the White Sox, it's not like like he started throwing like they told him to not throw as hard. Like when he was with the White Sox, he was still like 93, 94. Like I know in our minds, like the Mandela effect has us thinking that vintage Chris Sale was always like 100 <laughs> miles an hour. That's nope. not true. It's just simply not true. Like when he was at his best with the White Sox, he was 93, 94, 95, Basically 96, what it is right now. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but I think what what we're seeing with Sale now is his stuff isn't moving as much. So because of that, he has to locate better. And he's never in his career needed to be a location guy. He could just huck it up there and let his stuff do the rest. And he would get swings and misses. And he would overmatch whoever, righties, lefties, didn't matter. But now we're at a point where some of the stuff has either diminished or he's not quite 100%. Whatever the reason is not the same. So if, if you're not able to locate or if the slider, if they're just spitting on the slider, it's like, ah, that's, that's a ball. You just keep hucking the slider up there and it's outside the zone. Guys aren't swinging at it. All right, it's a ball. I'll just wait for the heater in the strike zone and I'll fucking smoke that. And that's what they were doing. So... Uh, I, I think the the most discouraging thing about <coughs> sale, the sale was yesterday, right? Yep. Yeah. The most discouraging thing about sales day night performance wasn't what happened on the field. It was watching him at his locker after getting asked, like, what what do you think is the issue, and can you fix it? And I'm paraphrasing, but he more or less said, "If I knew what the issue was, I would fix it." So he's telling you, like, I don't even know what the fucking problem is. So that's how close we are to seeing Chris Sale fixing whatever is making him go out there and give up six, seven fucking runs. I think Bloom put it like pretty well when he was talking to EEI. He he goes, 
if you if I told you guys all that sales stuff was going to be pretty good in terms of velocity, like it was going to be moving, you'd be thinking he got off to a decent start or at least he was giving you something, not the worst ERA amongst all qualified starters right now. But it, it's just the command. That's what it is. And it's a problem. And I'm not seeing any improvement. And that's when I look at someone like Dave Bush and I'm like, Man, where what's the adjustment? Like, I, I'm not seeing any difference. I'm watching a guy who can find his command for two innings and then it's gone. And when it's gone, he's out there and he has no clue where it's going whatsoever, whether that is in terms of walks. We're talking about a guy in Chris Sale who was a 2.1 walk per nine for his career before this season. 2.1. That's who Chris Sale was. The guy with the greatest strikeout to walk ratio ever, like, you know, entering this year or whatever it was. That's how great Chris Sale was in terms of being able to get those swing and misses, in terms of being able to get you know the ball just over the plate and where he needed to. Um, and he just can't do that. He can't control his arsenal. And there's been some great threads about his mechanics being a bit different this year than they were before. Sure, he talked about it during spring training and trying to battle that. It's just, he has no clue. And the, you know, the, the ingredients, you see them, and I think that's what makes you so mad. They're, they're there. It's just he can't get the ball where he needs to go. And with his mechanics and his windup and all this stuff, it's fair to question. Will he ever get it back? Who knows? Because it's weird. It's not your typical delivery. It's not super simple. He hasn't done this in years. I'm just I'm looking at Dave Bush and I'm saying, man, can we see an adjustment? Like what what are you trying to get going here? Because between that, between watching relievers this year who couldn't adjust when guys were stealing on them, what is the pitching program? Like, where are we taking some of those steps forward at times? And I'm worried about Chris because I'm he needs obviously some help. And I don't know where that's going to be coming from. Isn't that crazy, though, that this is the big leagues? This is the Boston Red Sox. You have not just the pitching coach. Like, you have a whole fucking video department. You've got coaches out the ass. And, I mean, I go back to David Price tipping pitches, to Eddie Rodriguez tipping pitches, and Dustin Pedroia having to be the guy that looks at the video and says, oh, he's tipping. He's doing this. And I don't know. I, it, that was that for me was the most discouraging thing <clears throat> about last night. It wasn't so much. I mean, the <clears throat> the Randy Rosarena home run. I didn't look at the the Wood it Dong tweet, but that couldn't have been a home run in very many ballparks like that. Oh. Barely got over the fence. It was like and a you look what. Hole. Yeah, you look what led up to it. It's like Delbeck makes a tough error short like. What am I going to kill him? No, he shouldn't be out there. You know, th- that's bad management. He wasn't even in the lineup. He wouldn't have even played shortstop this series. If we're being honest, if Yoshida didn't get hurt, that's when Dalbuck ended up going there. Reese McGuire has a chance to throw him out. Like you could have erased him. Now the walk and the homer that happens. You're not making life easier on him. I just, I don't know. Uh, for Chris Sale, like I, I expected there to be bumps. These are some big ones. And you cling on saying, He's a pitcher in 34 where the stuff hasn't completely fallen off. But if you can't locate it, you can't locate it. And then that's the stuff that would lead you. And it's not going to happen anytime soon. But if you can see glimpses of it for an inning or two, it's like, all right, that's something. What, what's happening in those innings compared to the first inning where it just it either is looking decent or it's looking really bad. There's no in between. There has to be some improvement. There has to be some strides. And I, I don't know. I don't feel super confident with Dave Bush right now because I just haven't seen those adjustments over the course of this year. Or the last couple of years, if we're being honest, look at someone like Nick Pavetta last year that we were waiting for, you know, to figure things out a little bit. What was going on there? Now we see him this year. He's kind of changed it up. He's throwing 96. 
It just feels like they're a step behind in that department constantly. Yeah. <clears throat> Not good. Not good. Uh, it's one of those things, though, where... I'm not throwing up the white flag. No, because it's such a long fucking season and you have to constantly remind yourself of that. Not for the whole 162, but at least get to June. Like things can change quick, but <clears throat> I think you would also uh, be a little naive to think that things are going to drastically change. Like you're looking at uh like I saw eight weeks, but it's probably closer to ten for Duval. So that puts you basically in June before you can even get him back. And then who knows what he's gonna be when he comes back. You know, you it's not just it's not it's not a movie. You can't just like plug Adam Duval back in and he's gonna start hitting four eighty five with a two thousand OPS for you. You don't know what he's gonna be when he comes back. He was hot, but it, we're not talking about uh, like Juan Soto, where it's just like, yeah, that's just who he is. That's not who he is. He started off really hot. He's a good hitter. He's got a lot of pop, but he's not who he was the first week and a half of the season. Um, and I, I, you know, I saw the questions about Trevor Story. When's Trevor Story coming back? Uh, you can't have Trevor Story be the savior. There, there is that. That's the there is no savior to the season. There isn't. Like the guys no that are here have, have to tread water but like we've said that in years past talking about chris sale coming back you just got to tread water till chris sale comes back those teams were capable of treading water you show me those lineups from wednesday and thursday those are not fucking lineups that can tread water in the american league east for long periods of time like when you're talking about 10 fucking weeks to get back adam duvall who at the end of the day could be a 212 hitter you know uh not to throw a batting average around. I know that that probably drives you crazy, but like that. No, I'm, that's I'm, what he is. Yeah. Like, anyone at, trying to act like he was going to be that all year long. It was never going to be that. The issue is that was your right handed power. Think today before Rush Snyder hit that homer. <laughs> where, where was your last Red Sox homer? That wasn't Raphael Devers. I couldn't answer that question. Well, if it was, all right. Let me ask you. When was your last right handed homer? It was Duvall. Was it not? Probably. Wasn't that your off the top of my head here? Um, and that's why it was so refreshing to see Ref Snyder do it. It's just, it's, you would be lucky to tread water if everything went right and then things broke your way. Well, guess what? Things haven't broke your way and a lot of injuries are now kind of percolating here, you know, in different ways, whether it's Yoshida or, you know, Duvall. Now we look at what Zach is the Kelly's update on Yoshida? He's apparently from Julian McWilliams. He's going to play tomorrow or it's likely he looks after the game. They were feeling pretty positive about it. But like okay. even him, like I like Yoshida. He's getting on base. He's doing his thing in that department. But as a cleanup hitter, he's not driving the ball like you need him to. And no. for a Red Sox team that was banking on that. All right. Well, then you start to really look at Haim and you have to say, if he doesn't turn out to be what you need him to be or he can't drive the ball. God, man, it's going to be hard to have a team that's thin on depth. And then you're not hitting on the guy that, you know, Kind of you were hoping to replace Bogarts offensively and were pushing so heavily during spring training that he became your four hitter. Mm-hmm. Like you can see how this whole thing can cave in really quickly now. And I think that's just what has so many fans upset is, you know, the first series hype, second series disappointment, third series. All right. Like we see this team. There's going to be ups and downs now after this and you get blown out. It's like. Man, like what? What? 
how quickly can this thing go off the rails here? And when you're posting lineups like that, you're like, dude, they're one more injury away from being like, like legit injury from looking at that lineup every day and just throwing your hands up and knowing the season is going to go by the wayside. Yeah. And that's crazy to say on April 13th, but it's true. That's the tightrope you're walking. That, that's how thin it is. That's how that's thin what this goes margin back to of error is. Like, exactly. So I, I talked about this with Maz. First name is Heim, right? Like, that's the first name that you look at here. The second name is John Henry, though, because if you're being instructed to stay under the luxury tax, which we know is the case, then you have to operate within those parameters. You go back to contracts that Dave Dombrowski signed that have handcuffed Heim, which I'm not letting Heim off the hook here. But then you have John Henry telling Heim to stay under. So the question then becomes, where do the reinforcements come from? And the answer is, they ain't coming. There are none. You're not going to call up Rafaela. Like there's no, there's no like top positional prospect that you're going to bring up to be like, all right, so it's a wasted season. Let's see what we got here. Like most of those guys that you're banking on becoming guys somewhere down the line, they're not fucking, they're not ready to come up and, and get big league time right now. No fucking way. So when you've got what, like four to $6 million in wiggle room, like if they were to do something at the trade deadline, who the fuck are you bringing in that's going to be $4 million against the luxury tax and make an impact to quote unquote save your season? Who, who is that guy? There's no, it's just you're not going to find that. Like you're asking for something that doesn't exist. And it's like, hey, Tigers, do you want to trade us Javi Baez, but you eat the entire contract and then he magically, because he's playing for Alex Cora, becomes a superstar again? Ser- seriously, that's what it is. And it's just hard. There's layers to it, but you know, it's hard not to go back. And it really, to me, it's spring training with Xander Bogarts. And if you can get that done, I think the whole picture looks a lot different. I really do believe that. Um, in messing that decision, you know, snowballed and snowballed into what happened this offseason where they clearly had a plan of saying, we're going to get Bogarts back here. We're going to pay Nate Valdi, We're going to compete and we're going to kind of run it back and try some new parts in this thing. Actually support our bullpen. Put Whitlock in a role where he's not jerked back and forth. And it kind of fell in on them. And they were scrambling, weren't sure what they were doing. They built up the bullpen and then they kind of said, you know what, as Tom Warner put it, we're focused on some of the minor leaguers. We're really excited about that. They don't go over the luxury tax. It's going to be a bridge or whatever it may be, or two or three. Like, I don't know. It, it shouldn't be more than that. But at the end of the day, I'm, it's 2023. Like, you've had three years. And for the team to be in a spot like this at this point, they shouldn't be. You should not be here. Um, there were some clear missteps that set this franchise back at least one year. And that's where he kind of has to take accountability. I think there's fair criticism about creativity at time from him. You know, over this past offseason, we were waiting for that deal. We were waiting for that trade. And, you know, the market changes. Low minor league guys aren't really doing it. Okay, you need to find a way to bring another piece in. You needed more stability. Even if it wasn't a guy that was going to transform this team, if it was a younger pillar or whatever that was, it would have went a long way. Because it's just this team is so thin like in certain spots and there's just, I know injuries happen. That's part of it. It's bad luck, but 
you can't justify putting out lineups like this. There's just, you really can't do that. No matter what you say, it's inexcusable. Yeah. I agree. <clears throat> I agree. It is, uh, uh, I, I feel like I'm, I'm definitely at the point where all you can do is laugh. Like, I'm not angry. I'm just like, oh my God. Cause it, like, I just feel like, I mean, I, you don't have a tattoo or anything, but that's what it feels like. It feels like I was getting tattooed all last season. And then I took a break during the off season. Then you think the tattoo's done. But then the season started again. They're like, all right, <clears throat> ready to go. And they just start tattooing you again. That's, that's what I feel like. Oh, is. and it's not only that. It's infected. It's burning. So it's clear. Like there might be some real underlying problems here that if you're not careful, someone's going to end up dead. And it yeah. might not be just you. It might be another person as well. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's, <laughs> you know? that's honestly what it feels like because it, it is painful. It is irritating. It is time consuming. And it's all you can feel. I don't. I'm sure there are plenty of normal, sane people that listen to this podcast and I envy you. Maybe you have beautiful children. You have a nice significant other. <clears throat> Maybe you have a, a dog. Maybe you have family that loves you and cares about you, which I, I, I do. I have, I have parents and adopted sister. Which, by the way, I got people were like shitting all over me for that tweet. I talked about that on Baseball's Dead. She's my biological sister, but I call her my adopted sister. And like, even like Red Sox fans, like, that's fucked up, dude. Like, it, you should just treat you should love her as if she's your own sister if she's adopted like, shut the fuck up like if you don't have the type of relationship with your sister where you can't call her adopted then you're not close i was about to say i feel like anyone who says that has never had a sibling like yeah. dude listen to me and my little sister talk to each other you're gonna hear some wild shit yeah that was that was loser behavior from people on twitter but uh the normal sane people that can just watch this team and then go about their lives after that is so awesome i'm so envious of you so jealous all it does is consume my life. Uh, I've said this a thousand times, but if I see people I haven't seen in a long time, no one says, how are you? No one says, how are you doing? No one says, how are things? No one says, what's been new in your life? They're all like, what the fuck with the Red Sox? <laughs> like, that's it. I can't escape it. Like, that, dude, it's that's we, my life. We started Zolak and Bertrand today and it legit was like, I'm really worried for Tyler's mental health. Those were the first words spoken. They're like, mm -hmm. take everything away from him. Take mm -hmm. away the belts, the shoelaces, everything. Yeah. We are worried about Tyler's well-being. And it's because we wear it. You, mm -hmm. you have to wear it. I, I feel bad for you. Being on baseball hour as that shit's happening. Yeah. That is that is traumatic. Um, I can't do anything. Like, I don't. Just got to uh, take it. You just got to take it. I, I Again, I've said, like, uh, the best thing that I ever did was look at my Twitter mentions less. It's been great. Because it is just a constant stream of piss. Uh, everyone is angry. I got people blaming me, and they're dead serious. Like these are like I get sports fandom and jinxes and uh, um, rituals and stuff like that, superstitions. So I think that like sports fans genuinely believe some of the shit that they say that sounds psychotic. But like people will blame me. They're like, oh, like the Red Sox have sucked since you did this, or the Red Sox have sucked because you you since that happened with you. Like they'll, they'll look for any reason to not blame the players responsible or the executives responsible for creating the team. Um, <clears throat> so I just I, I honestly the uh, best decision I ever made was just to look at my mentions significantly less, at least during games. Like cool. outside of games, I'll still look, uh, you know, because I like I like interacting with people. Like, I, like that's the whole fucking fun of it 
is people that listen to the show and they tweet you about it. I'm like, and we can laugh about the inside jokes about the show. But during games, especially, you know, this has been this has been years of misery for Red Sox fans. And it, it, you can't just sit there and say, you guys have won four World Series titles. Like, stop bitching. I get it. Like, the World Series titles have been fun. I have had so much fun watching the Red Sox win World Series titles. It's been great, especially the 2007 World Series championship. Thank you. That was amazing. The best. So many memories from that year and that championship. Uh, but the Red Sox, to diehard fans, to the 162 guys and girls out there that listen to this podcast, it is a commitment. It is a part of our lives. You can say, oh, the Red Sox won the World Series in 2018. That's great. I cherish all those memories. My career would not be where it is at right now if it were not for the 2018 World Series championship. That's a fact. But it is 2023, and I, have, I haven't said World Series or bust. All I've said is I want a fucking baseball team that is worthy of sitting down every night not wanting to kill myself. That is all I've asked for, and I don't think I'm going to get it. And I, I hate that. I hate that I, I already feel that way on April 13th. Like you, you at least if that's going to be the case, you want it to be a slow build and then you, you see what you've got and then you're like, mm, I don't know. I just don't quite see it. But to, to have that thought creep into your head so soon, not a good time. No. And like I was doing the math in my head. I was like, when was the last time I had somewhat peace just watching Red Sox regular season baseball? I was like, at no point in 2022, you started low. It felt like you were fighting for your life every single day. And we know how that went. And then I went 2021. I was like, oh, the playoff run was fun. But just remember what those three months before that, really July through the end of that season was hell. It was absolute hell. It felt like you were collapsing. It felt like you were barely clinging on. And somehow you got into the playoffs that last game of the year and something amazing came out of it. But it's really been a year and a half plus of what looks like at times very what is very poor roster construction, uh, low IQ baseball where you're making just dumb fundamental issues, um, blowing games, getting beat up on by the AL East where you just don't look competitive. You're kind of the butt of the joke. And I think that first Orioles series gave people some hope where they were like, whoa, like the Red Sox, they immediately punch back. Like they're not going to be the bitches of the AL East like they have been the last you know year where every team that came in just kind of left them sitting and or, you know, was better than you or at least trending in a better direction than you. And then you go back to Tropicana and it's the same nightmare where you've now lost 13 straight games down there. And Mm -hmm. what you're looking at is, you know, you took high and bloom from there and you're like, all right, we want some of those things. And it's like you're looking at both sides and the two pictures couldn't look more different. You know what I mean? The Rays are just firing in every sense of the word. It feels like they're a step ahead, fundamentally strong. They had a couple moments today, but overall here, it's like an unfinished art project that you're trying to piece together and present to make it look good. And before you even got into the cafeteria to present, it fell on the floor and you're like, fuck, like, how am I going to put this thing together to make it work for another year? I don't know. And, and, it really falls. Haim had so many questions coming in. We talked about how he just needed a decent amount of them to go right. Feels like a majority of them have gone wrong so far. I have an observation that I would like to make. It's not, it's not a good observation. Uh, and I think Tyler may or may not be able to relate to this. Um, but before I make that observation, 
Jake, can you tell the good folks at home about the delicious, tasty, cold, born in a ballpark blue moon? Could you do that for us, Jake? I'd be happy to, Jared. Some beers can say they're brewed for baseball, but only Blue Moon is brewed by baseball. Blue Moon was created at Coors Field in Denver, Colorado. It's the natural choice for opening day and all season long. And just in time for opening day, Blue Moon is teaming up with another ballpark brand and launching a throwback merch collection with Ebbets Field flannels. I know I could have used some Blue Moons while watching the Red Sox this week. Could have used one Monday. Could have used a couple on Tuesday. Definitely needed some on Wednesday and for sure on Thursday. But I definitely needed one on Tuesday night watching Garrett Whitlock start. Or as Tyler likes to call him, shitlock. I mean, Tyler's had some bad takes before and he'll have some bad takes again. But a take this bad only comes around once in a blue moon. Tyler, put Garrett Whitlock back in the bullpen where he belongs, you dumbass. With its refreshing flavor with Valencia orange peel for a subtle sweetness and hints of coriander, Blue Moon Belgian-style wheat ale is a -a one-of-a-kind beer that's made brighter. It's carefully crafted and full-flavored, with refreshing notes and a smooth, creamy finish. Blue Moon was brewed by baseball to give you a dose of nostalgia and get you excited for the new season. Why strike out with the same old beer when you can get something one-of-a-kind? Its bold flavor, bright explosion of color, and iconic orange slice ritual guarantee a -a one-of-a-kind beer experience perfect for spring weather. Best served with its signature orange garnish to showcase its beautiful, bright color, a beer this good only comes around once in a blue moon, but you can enjoy it all season long. Bring the ballpark to you with Blue Moon Belgian Style Wheat Ale. It's a one of a kind every time. Check out shop.bluemoonbrewingcompany.com for throwback baseball merch with Ebbets Field flannels or visit get.bluemoonbeer.com slash Jared to find Blue Moon delivery options. That's get.bluemoonbeer.com slash Jared. Blue Moon, made brighter. Celebrate responsibly Blue Moon Brewing Company Golden Colorado Ale. Thank you, Jake. Appreciate that a lot. Um, D- didn't need that. You did. You did. You deserve it. You definitely deserve it. I deserve um, it all. You do. All the pain. Uh, here's the observation that, that I've made uh, recently, especially in that series against Tampa. Uh, you are very uh, online. You're very Twitter, Red Sox Twitter guy. That's where I found sure. you. Um, actually, no, I found you on 98.5, the Sports Hub, Zolak and Bertrand, 10 a.m. to 2 p.m., Monday through Friday, every single day, four hours of jam-packed sports talk with Mark the Beetle Bertrand and Scott Zolak, Patriots fame. Tyler Milliken, the associate producer over there. Again, that is 98.5 The Sports Hub, where I found Tyler. Um, this observation hit me a little bit today, more so than other days. But before, in years past, if I'm sitting at home watching a Red Sox game, and something happened, and I just tweeted something about something that happened in the game, people would know what I was talking about because everyone's watching the game, and then my comment fit what just happened. Now when I do that, like my, my tweets that are accompanied with the highlight, like the people now need the highlight context because they're not watching the games. So if I tweet just a comment, about something that just happened in the game, the replies are like, context? What happened? What, do you, hmm. what is this even about? It's because people aren't watching the games. Like today, uh, shout out to Christian Arroyo. Christian Arroyo hit a blooper that fell in like the Bermuda's triangle there just beyond second base. 
when you have like the shortstop, the second baseman, and the center fielder all converge to try and make a catch, and then it bloops in the the Jorge Posada, if you will. Um, I tweeted, "That's a double in the gap in tomorrow's newspaper." As in, if you're watching it, it was a little blooper that just fell in the right spot. Counts. But because Christian Royal hustled out of the box, he hustled his ass off, got into second base. In the box score, it just says C Arroyo double. So I tweeted, that's a double in the gap in tomorrow's newspaper. Not a lot of not a lot of action on that tweet. Not a lot of action on that tweet. Because I just don't think that people were watching the games. And uh it's I I think that that's just my that's my that's my theory. I don't get as much of that because obviously I'm a much smaller account than you are. I feel like like if you're following me, usually you're pretty locked in. But I will say from like the casual side, like the sports hub audience, right? That's into everything. It's not just the Red Sox diehards. Yeah, those people are tuning out because you kind of need to sell the casuals or these people that just go to games for fun or whatever it is. You need to sell them early in the season. And even when things have been bad, you know, in recent years, whether you want to go back and look at 2021, yeah, the first series was bad, but overall they got off to a good start. You needed that. People were like, I don't want to see anything that resembles what last year was. Well, we just relived 2022 for four days. Mm -hmm. And realistically, you can say we kind of did that against Pittsburgh as well, where it felt like you just reverted to what that was, that whole disaster. And it feels like a lot of people are already done with this front office. Overall, they're done with Heimbloom. Um, they feel like a massive change needs to happen. And as we mentioned, the Celtics and Bruins, like the hype, all eyes are there. That's what people care about. They're into teams that win. If you're good, people will come and pay attention. The Red Sox right now, they weren't good last year, especially down the stretch. You know, it was good for a period of time, but not a lengthy one. All these people that have been out on the team overall, they feel like they have their reason and it's not changing. And they were pissed from the offseason. Mm-hmm. So. You're not spending at a level over the luxury tax for pushing into a championship. And with the way this roster is constructed, they shouldn't be over the luxury tax. I understand that. But it's hard to sell fans when you're not spending the money at the highest level like those teams are. And when you're not performing or giving people a reason to care. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's fair. I mean, the Bruins are nasty. The Celtics are nasty. Like the Patriots are fucking boring. I don't know how people care about the Patriots. It's just because of the sport. People are just drawn to the NFL. And the Tom Brady effect is just going to linger over this market. Football for, forever. Yeah. The Patriots are boring as fuck. Um, but people are still invested in, in that just because of the sport. But I get it. I get, I get when people <clears throat> are, are tuned out. I get it. But like, if you removed our connection to the Red Sox and everything and you were like, here's a team last year that disappointed and came in last and now they're out and they're five and eight to start the year, you'd be like, damn. All right. Well, looks like they're in for another one. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And we don't we have context. We look at it differently, but I can understand how people who aren't into this are like, well, all right. I would have been into them if they started the year seven or, you know, eight and five. And they had a couple big wins. Instead, it's like, all right, well, the guys that were being hyped up in Chris Sale and Yoshida, uh, you know, Whitlock coming back, even, you know, some of these other pieces, they're not super exciting. There's not a star power that's not bringing me in. Really, this is a team where you're watching for the younger guys to develop. And if you're not a friggin' 162 person, they don't care. They want to see winning baseball. That's it. I'm glad you brought him up, Tyler. You want to talk about Garrett Whitlock? I'm glad you mentioned the name. 
because um, I'd love to discuss uh, Garrett Whitlock. Uh, I just figured that maybe before <laughs> before I expressed my thoughts that maybe you would like to make an opening statement. Yeah. Um, first off, obviously, the stuff I think with Garrett Whitlock overall was not what I was hoping for. I don't think it was bad, and it doesn't seem like the Red Sox are expecting anything more, but it was a lot of the up. You know, it was, not, up. It was up. Yeah, it was like 92, 94. He topped out, what was it, 95? Um, I think we were, personally, me, I was hoping for what we saw when he first kind of went to the rotation where it was even a tick above that. I don't think we're going to get that at this point. This is kind of what it is. This is where he's going to operate, but the command was horrendous. And for a guy that, what was so amazing about him in the bullpen was he dotted everything. He was a ground ball machine. It was 40% last year. I think it was 48% in 2021. It was 18% in this last game. So it's poor command. The sinker's in the middle of the plate and it's high. Um, didn't love the approach. I know he's made some changes to his breaking ball that scouts aren't in love with currently, but that was it. It's just, I don't know. It, it wasn't what you need to see. And he's facing one of the, he is facing the best offense in baseball. So you don't want to overreact to one, but did this start kind of confirm some things I had been worried about from last year? Yeah, mm -hmm. it, it did. It's hard not to where he's given up jacks like he was. Mm-hmm. And that's where I kind of sit and hope at this point. Can he make the adjustments? Can you go back to being the guy who kept the ball on the ground? You can't be, you know, allowing the ball, these deep fly balls, these homers constantly, because that's not what made Garrett Whitlock successful. And at the end of the day, in these roles, we know five, six innings, your stuff is going to tick down. I think we sat in question. Oh, well, could it have been the hip injury? Could it have been this? All right. This is what he is as a starter. This is what the stuff is. Is that good enough to be a three-star and above? Who knows? I, I think it's up in the air, even for the people that were very high on the Garrett Whitlock starter train. Mm. For the people? Like yes. Those, there, those people? There's a, there's a lot of people included. Yeah, listen, uh, hand up. I still will say, though, it's the right decision to do this now. And if anything, the yeah. beginning of the season has confirmed that because you got yeah. to see if he can do it. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm not, I'm, listen, as a as a Garrett Whitlock starter guy, like I'm not <laughs> jumping off the bandwagon after one start like you are. Whoa, 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 I mean, whoa. It seems like you literally called him shitlock again. All right. Reel it in here. Yes, reel you did. it in. You did. No, I did not. Yes, Jake, did. I Jake, did I say that? Can't stop saying it. Yeah. Oh. Like, pull up the tweets. <laughs> Dare. Pull up the tweets. Crazy. There's none. And people were mad with the way I put it, but you got to let him keep building up. Maybe it ticks up a little bit more, but did I look at his stuff and think it was it, it did not look what I envisioned or had hoped Garrett Whitlock would be in this role. Hmm. It's only one start though. Keep your head up. That's it. That's it. Yeah. And I, I'm willing. I'm patient. I'm not going to overreact to one. He was facing the best offense. Like the best offense in baseball that's hitting. Uh, right now. Not the best offense. They have, they have a nice little couple weeks. Uh, right now. Right now, they're sitting number one. They're making history. Yeah, but they're not that good. I, I will say in terms of Garrett Whitlock and missing bats, he did strike out five over three. He didn't walk anyone. I think that's another thing I'd point out and be like, felt like he was scared. He, like to, you know, it's okay to miss. You could put a guy on base. You don't have to throw everything inside the zone. And you know, at times he was just pumping, pumping, pumping. Not everything has to be there. Throw pitches. You can have waste pitches that set you up for the next one. Don't be scared of that stuff. Mm. Yeah. It was just, 
I, hey, I, I'm what was your for... outlook, Jared? What, what, what did you see? I, I I agree with you. I think uh, well, what I saw was a lot of pitches up in the zone, and those pitches that were up were getting hit really hard. You can't be a ground ball guy throwing up in the zone. That's it's it's not who he is. It's not what made him great. It's not what made him one of the best relievers in the game. Well, say what you will about relievers. He was doing it in the first inning. He, he, he looked better, you know, after the first and second. He found a rhythm for a little bit before he mm-hmm. got touched up in the fifth again. Sure. But I'm, just, I'm, I'm waiting to see the next one. I'm not I'm not passing any judgment on Garrett Whitlock, the starter. And I, I've got to see at least five or six starts before I'm like, ah, this isn't this is kind of what I was saying. Was there doing- any was there any positives you took out of it? Did you see anything in your like, no, all right, that changed my mind or no, I could see how that could work. Nope. Okay. I, I will say, even with what he's, th- what he's throwing, if it, this is what the velocity is, all right, start. You got to be a ground ball machine. What was, what was, the, what was the whiff rate on, on his slider? Do you know? Uh, hold on. Give me one second. Yeah, please check. I'd love to know the answer to that because that was the statistic that I go back to all the time. How his whiff rate on his slider got cut in half as a starter compared to as a reliever. Directly cut in half. So if we're going overall, uh, let's see. Oh, the whiff rate does not look beautiful. First, mm-hmm. first look. Yeah, what's it look like? Uh, what are you seeing there? Let me let me use my eyes. Yeah. Do you need my glasses? No, no, no. They do look quite nice, though. Thank you. Um, I'm not seeing. Oh, you're not seeing it. Oh, actually, I am. Uh, you ready? Yeah. Fifty percent. Oh. All right. That, that's okay. not horrendous. That's not horrendous. No, no, no. no. That's, um, that's about where he was as a starter. It was like 52%. Yeah. So if you just go back to last year, it was 45% for the year overall. Mm-hmm. So that obviously doesn't show you the splits between both. Yeah. Um, for the sinker, it was 14 or about 15%. And for the changeup, it was 50 or 25. Excuse me. Okay. So I, I'm not out. I'm not out on, on Whitlock. I know that you're like team shitlock or whatever, but like I'm not, I'm not out on Garrett Whitlock, the starter until I need to see more. I think that that's like a universal opinion. Uh, maybe because people use I, I, I the know other I'm starts. wearing it. Yeah, yeah, I yeah, think yeah, that's yeah. why people give it to me, but well, yeah. it's the You're sinker. A walking L. I'm not a walking L. Yeah, uh, you better watch your L. mouth, Mr. Caleb or and Bob stop. Okay. You, I, you had hey, yourself quite a series, hey, buddy. Hey. You had yourself quite a fucking series. Hey, or it's hey. tired, dude. You can't use them every fucking game. Oh, spare me. Jo- yeah. I saw Josh Winkowski out there. Go do his job. Didn't you? No. Dude was so good, he sent fucking Cutter Crawford down to AAA for a little bit before he had to come back. Yeah, came back and gave up a fucking bomb immediately. Yeah, that was a tough look. Tough look there. Yeah. But the sinker, if you want to know what's wrong with Garrett Whitlock or what's yeah. the problem, expected batting average 430. Slugging was 1286. Um, just, it needs to be better. Just not utilizing it the right way it needs to be. If it's not low, he's going to get lit up, especially if you're pumping 93-94 regularly. It's not whatever you're looking at, do they have like a heat map for the the pitches? Yeah. And if you look at the sinker, like it's up. If or if you're a right-handed batter, it's right at the letters. Like all there. Big red spot. Dick balls. Seriously. A mm. little higher than that, but letters. Mm. They got high dicks in Tampa. <laughs> Where Aaron Judge's dick would be. Yeah. Oh man, what a series, Jake. What uh, what are you feeling right now? 
I mean, realistically, did I think the Red Sox were going to sweep the Rays? Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> I mean, now that I've actually watched it unfold, it does make sense what happened. Um, <laughs> yeah. But I just keep looking up at this thing on top right of my computer, April 13th. And I'm just, mm-hmm. I know everyone's feeling down right now. You can really sense it in the DMs too, but I'm mm-hmm. just, I'm trying to stay positive because there's just a ton of season left. Yeah, there's too much season left, you could argue. C- can we all name one positive thing? Something to be positive series? about? Or yeah. just in general? Uh, it, overall, a reason to be positive moving forward. Um, yeah, I think the at some point the fucking sun is going to explode and literally wipe out the entire planet of Earth and there will be no evidence that the human race ever existed. So everything that we're doing right now is completely irrelevant. Like none of it matters. Okay, mine's a little different. Okay, go ahead. Brian Bayo should be back Sunday or Monday. It looks okay. like they're trying to figure out that decision right now. Mm-hmm. Um, that should push Tanner Houck to the bullpen. Yep. That gets a little bit better. Hopefully less of someone like Richard Blyer in the seventh inning. You'll have another arm so you don't have to lean as much on Chris Martin or John Schreiber. So, you know, there, there are things coming. And I don't expect a lot of these guys to hit 150 for the entire year. They're better than that. Even if they're not good enough to let you be or compete with a team like the Rays. Mm-hmm. Jake. Uh, the weather's been really nice the last couple of days. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was like 80 something out today, right? Yeah, it's gorgeous. Gorgeous. Mm. Beautiful. It's supposed to be like that tomorrow, too. The heat makes me mad when the Red Sox are playing bad. Why is that? Because I just I want to live in this depressing rain cold. That's how I feel inside. So the heat makes me uncomfortable. Why don't you literally touch grass, dude? No. Do I look like I've touched grass recently? No, but that's, that's what I'm saying that you should be doing. Just doesn't work for me. If you just go touch grass. Is this a four gamer? Yeah. Yeah, it is. Oh, huh? and show Otani. And so we're going to see Otani. Save that mm-hmm. for later. There we are. Sure are. <laughs> All right. We got to take a break and talk about Zin nicotine pouches. We're always talking about what a team needs to get to number one, but Zinn nicotine pouches are already there. Zinn has helped millions of people achieve a lasting change, earning the title of America's number one nicotine pouch. If you're a smoker or you're a dipper looking to make a change, look no further than Zinn. Zinn is made with six simple ingredients and is available in a wide range of varieties, including spearmint, citrus, and even coffee. And it's available in two strengths so you can control your nicotine satisfaction. Because it's discreet, you can enjoy it anywhere, anytime, so you never have to miss a moment of the game. Plus, every can of Zinn earns you points towards premium items like tailgating gear, top-of-the-line tech, Zinn swag, even gift cards. Find your Zinn at your local convenience store or online at Zinn.com. That's Zinn, Z-Y-N.com. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Uh, it looks like if we do get Bayo, it's going to be on Monday. It's going to be okay. Bayo Otani. That's something. It's a step in the right direction. Not mm-hmm. every team is going to be the Rays. That's all you can cling to. Like You face a team that's as hot as a team has been in recent memory. Yeah, since like the fucking 80s, right? Yeah. But uh, also, the Angels, the Angels have just as shitty luck as, as we do. 
Yeah, their bullpen is horrendous right now. Yeah, bad things continue to happen to the Angels. But it has to get better. It has to get better. Needs to. Um, Jake, we want to hit some hit some DMs. I'm deciding if it's worth it to read through them because it's it's either half of them are asking if they should kill themselves, and the other half is asking how they should kill themselves. <laughs> Let's get a couple. Let's get a couple. We love you guys. Yeah, we love you guys. Hang in there. All right, this one comes in from Matt. Hey, Matt. Hey, guys. Love the pod. Why do the Red Sox make me want to stick my head in a blender? Keep up the great work. (laughs) Thank you. Thanks, Matt. Um, Yeah, don't put your head in a blender. Don't do that. A lot of season left. This one also... I don't think that's going to stop them. We got another Matt. Hey, Matt. What's up? So, uh, why is life meaningless but still hurt so much? <laughs> it's all about perspective, Matt. Too, um, it is meaningless, but it can only hurt if you if you let it. I'd also advise if you can make yourself cry or try to cry. That makes me feel better sometimes. After you know, I've gone through one of those sessions. Scream, okay. cry, like that works too. Okay. I haven't cried in a long time, so maybe I'll try it. Maybe I'll you try have, how long? Years. <laughs> it's been years since you cried? Yeah. I'm a sociopath. That doesn't mean, like, I, I consider myself kind of out of it, too, but like, I'll definitely shed a tear or something, like a crazy tear. Mm-mm. Like, you've never been watching, like, there's been time, I've cried watching the Red Sox before. <laughs> like, <laughs> what? In August 2021, when Matt Barnes gave up that walk off to George Springer, I legit had a tear go down my eyes. When Darwinson Hernandez got taken to the moon by Stanton in September, I fell to my knees. I fully came down on my knees. I was at the sports hub working a night shift, and I just, there's a little TV that used to be in the studio. I fell to my knees. And I just, I had nothing like I am so emotionally invested in some of this stuff that it, it will break me sometimes. You can probably hear it in my voice a little bit. I, I have been broken by the Red Sox and I'm still here. It's, a, it's an abusive relationship. I fell to my knees, he says. It, it was bad. When do- oh. I mean, it's on no. video. I, I cried. I cried on video when the Red Sox won the World Series in 2018. But See, I don't think yeah. they've they haven't made me sad cry since 2003. Okay. Maybe, maybe it's because, oh, wow, I probably sound very soft because like people are like, those are real tears. I'm sitting here crying over regular season games in 2021. It just brought to your knees in a in a season where they make the playoffs and eliminate the Yankees. That just at that time, it was a bad vibe. They, they, it was it felt so dark back then. I was in New York. Watching yeah. That game. <sighs> Sorry. I hope I hope this advice didn't hurt anyone. It's okay to cry. It's okay That's to it. cry. Yeah, yeah. Next one. Uh, coming from Joey. Hey, Joey. How many blue moons do oh. I need to drink before every game to prepare to watch Red Sox play baseball? Um, just like a responsible amount. Probably uh, five, six. I pr- I'd say start with like three. And then uh, you can just kind of space them out throughout the game. As needed. Seems fair. It's a lower number for me, so I won't comment. Mm-hmm. Next one. This is from Brody. 
Brody. Hey, Brody. In your honest opinion, if this terrible team is 20 to 25 games under 500 by the All-Star break, do you believe Bloom will be fired? So Maz brought this up, like the, the Heim job security thing. <clears throat> I, don't, I don't have an inside knowledge on this. Um, I don't, like, if they're that bad again this year, it's it, I don't even, it's not that like it's the right decision but isn't that kind of the MO of this ownership group to be like all right next like how many fucking GMs have we had since they've been here if they're not getting the results that they want they'll move on to the next guy like it's nothing personal hey we like you but like we want to win so and you're not doing that. So next guy, and then they deal to the next guy, and then the next guy. That's why I don't think the expectation for this year. It's what we've given you. It's like 81 to 85. Um, they're not over the luxury tax. It tells you how they view this year. You need to show when you're spending the money you are. There are 227 million. I am so sick of fe- seeing people send me the payroll from whatever website they're looking at. Go look at Red Sox payroll. He has it fully structured out for you and broken down. Those websites are not often accurate. Don't cite payroll. It's luxury tax. That's the number we're working with here. Um, when you're that far up against it, and yes, you've had injuries and stuff, we understand that. You know, Trevor Story, that's 23 million. Chris Sale, you know, that's, you know, we're talking almost 50 million there alone. You're definitely strapped a bit, but you can't justify being that far under 500, being that bad when you're spending this kind of money, even though it may not be at the top, you know, over like the Mets or Padres or whatever you're still spending enough money that you can't be a complete embarrassment of a team. There's no room for that. You need to be better than that. And I that's why the they spent. You know, the Go guy, ahead. the guy that we got on a little bit and then he ended up being like kind of nice, but he was like annoying at first and mean, but he's actually kind of nice. Uh, the black Irish guy. Oh yeah. 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 So he messaged me today because I tweeted like when the lineup came up, I was like, how is this fucking payroll? $200 million. Mm-hmm. Like how are we rolling this lineup out? And it's $2 million. So he said, partly because the actual real cash payroll is not above 200 million. USA Today has it at 177 million, and Spot Track has it at 187 million. <clears throat> Baseball owners have spun the actual annual payroll the way that NFL owners have with the fake salary cap for years. The fact that the Red Sox are paying Manny Ramirez and Dustin Pedroia this year should be irrelevant to the construction, to the conversation around this year's true payroll. Uh, so. Um, active roster and injured list 33 players 7 players earning 10 million or more 26 players earning below 8.5 million and 18 players earning 2 million or less so yeah it's it's a tough equation I get it I, I do think the luxury tax number like that that's just the game the way the game works today like that that's the number that teams operate with um I think another part of it is look at the money you had to spend on a closer and a setup guy. Mm-hmm. Like the Tampa Bay doesn't do that. And I'm not saying the Red Sox shouldn't spend on relievers, but you were, you would hope that Heim would have been able to have some more of those hits. You did get John Shriver, but there would have been a little bit more of that. Um, so you've had to pay to plug holes. You've had to pay to plug when, oh shit, Jeter Downs was supposed to be a middle infielder of the future for you. Like that should have helped make the Xander Bogart's departure easier, or at least giving you a nice, dependable, homegrown talent there. Mm-hmm. Jaron Duran was supposed to become 
your starting center fielder or a left fielder, however you want to put it, of the future. That didn't happen. Um, and it, it kind of just continues on that way um, where you've had to fill some of these holes, whether you want to talk the Hunter Renfro trade, like David Hamilton and Alex Benellis, we'll see what they end up becoming, but they haven't really become the prospects they needed to be. They're both off to solid starts this year, but coming into this year, it hasn't been that. You've had to fill those gaps in ways you'd hope you probably had a little bit more development. And I think that's why you know some people are like, well, look at the Rays. You know, why isn't that exactly what you're doing here? Dude, it's been 15 years the Rays have been this good. Like developing prospects and doing stuff. Eric Neander, he's a goat. He's a god. I don't know how he does it down there. Andrew Friedman, all the parts that were down there and kind of making that stuff happen. Hymas had to come up here and rebuild the infrastructure. We know they had, it was something like, I think, nine uh, people in their analytics department um, at the R&D department when they went in uh, into 2019. It went up to 14 with Dombrowski before he ended up getting fired. Bloom has made it all the way up to 33. They felt like that department took major steps back. Um, And I think it was BOH who said, during the Theo years, we were like the most forward thinking team. That next decade that followed, we went from the front all the way to the back. So I understand where they've been trying to build that stuff up. And you've seen it with certain guys like Bayo and them adding a development coach to every single level. Cutter Crawford, it's like, all right, there, there are guys breaking out that you didn't expect to break out and becoming that. But when you have the resources you do here, you need to make more of it. You can't be a team under 500 by 25 games. You can't be a team that was over the luxury tax and wasn't even 500 last year. Those are unforgivable things. Um, and you can't sit here and botch negotiations with someone like Xander Bogarts, who clearly your evaluation was wrong. It was very wrong, like embarrassingly wrong. Because you look at his baseball savant page, everything's red. He's hitting the ball. There is at least for a five or six year deal, it would have been great money on what you could have got him for. You fucked that up. And now you're sitting here. The promises you made after you dealt Mookie, you didn't live up to. So this is what you live in now. <sighs> Jake? Uh, it's from Hunter. Hey, Hunter. What's your take so- on who the full-time shortstop needs to be? Kike can't get the job done, and it definitely isn't going to be Bob Stop or you. The Red Sox are throwing up Mickey Mouse lineups and have no captain on the field when Devers has a day off. I'll be uh, honest, I've never thought about that either. That's an interesting thing that when Devers isn't there, it really is. Yeah, like who's the guy? Yeah, that's a, that's a tough place to be. I have yeah. an answer, Jared, if you need a minute. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, yeah, I think Kike has to be your shortstop right now. I don't, I don't think you really have a choice based on what your depth is in AAA. The best way to kind of structure this thing out is Ref Snyder and Duran in center field. You can kind of treat this bridge here and let Duran get his last real shot. He's been hitting well at AAA. We see Ref Snyder hits lefties. He can play center field. And you just got to hope Kike figures it out at shortstop. Because I, I really, it is what it is. Like Jared said, there's no one coming that's going to save you. You hope Story can be that guy when he's healthy. But that's in July or August. And then that's if he's healthy. It, that's if they feel like it's worth it to bring him back. And I don't really know what other way you can piece this thing together. He shouldn't be this bad defensively all year or offensively, but you know, who knows? Yeah. You don't have any other options. You just don't <laughs> like it's, it's Kike. Yeah. And for people that freak out, like they're like, well, why are you saying Duran and not Tapia? Chad Jennings had a column on it already. Once they get through this stretch of lefties, it's going to be Duran. And that way he can get pretty much every day at bats and get a real last shot. 
when we get to the stop and shop look ahead, it's all lefties except for Otani. <clears throat> and I, I think what might happen is instead of it being Bayo on Monday against Otani, it might be Bayo on Sunday instead of Sale. They would just push Sale. Yeah, that that would make sense. And I will say in terms of these lefties, where does it go back to? First off, your roster's not constructed very well to handle some of this stuff yeah. um, due to the lack of power you have from the right side. But who are the lefty killers on this team? Kike, Christian Arroyo, Rev obviously Snyder. Rob Rev Snyder. Um, but that that's where you look at some of those guys and you're like, you need to perform. Even if you can't hit righties, you got to friggin' hit lefties because you truly are the one leg you can stand on. Even Verdugo's hitting lefties. He's shown he can do it now. Other guys need to do what they've been doing their entire career. There needs to be some accountability there as well. Yeah. Uh, the other thing, too, is we had the conversation, probably what, last podcast, the podcast before, about who the odd man out in the rotation is. Don't sleep on the idea of it being sale. Are you, have you heard any? Is that... Wow. Like the only thing at that point, really, because if he's if he if he goes out and sucks again, whenever like Paxton's ready, I mean the only thing that would be keeping him in the rotation is his name and what they're paying him, and those aren't reasons to keep him in there. You don't think so? No. Now is that you as a fan saying that though? Because I think from the Red Sox organization they'd go and say, well, with the money we're paying this guy. And ultimately, where this team goes, it probably needs Chris Sale to be good to you know be at that competitive level, and we still have another year of Chris Sale here. That's crazy. I mean, look at what the fucking Dodgers did with David Price. The Red Sox did it with David Price when he was coming back from injury in 2017. So they paid, they paid pitchers big bucks and been like, hey, like you know, we've got better options in the rotation. Yeah, I don't think it's crazy to say that. I just wonder if the Red Sox would care to do that in a year where they're not pushing for a championship. If they're willing to acknowledge it. And we know Chris Sale, go back to when he first came up. Like, Chris Sale did it out of the bullpen. Mm-hmm. Uh, 2018, right? Um, but I don't know. I feel like that would be a serious blow to this team. We're that's crossing. like, it's, yeah, that's as big of a blow as you can take without it someone getting hurt or whatever it may be because it's basically you saying the guy we paid to be our ace is just not who he once was. He does not have that in him anymore. Mm. And I think that would be a major blow to Chris Sale. I think he'd move to do it because he'd do it for the team, but yeah, that feels like a very heavy move to make. I just want Chris Sale to be good. That's all. Uh, one more DM. This one's from Alex. Hey, Alex. Question for so, Tyler. Is this a bridge year? Haven't heard much talk on it. Would love to hear your thoughts. You know what? Thank you for saying that for the people who acted like I said that for the first fucking time on Twitter the other day. Um, but yeah, it's a bridge year. A bridge to what? Tough to, tough to tell you right now without knowing where Tristan Cassis and Brian Bayo and Whitlock are at the end of the year. But if you can't see the vision by the end of this year, or even if you can only slightly see it, I don't think Bloom's going to have a job. So, uh, and it's scary to think, could it be a two year bridge that can't work? You can't be like this for another year. So it's already been a two year bridge. I, I, so I heavily push back against the fact that last year was a bridge year. You can't do it just because they went over the luxury tax. Yeah. 
from a pure front office, from a success failure rate, no, like you weren't, you didn't compete at that level. But when you choose to stay over the luxury tax, that's you telling the rest of the world, we're trying to compete and win. We're trying to go deep into the playoffs because you start that clock. It's the same reason why they forced themselves to be under it this year. Mm-hmm. So I do not consider that last year a bridge year. I consider it an absolute failure because you chose to stay over that deadline. It costs you in terms of the free agents you ended up going after because you didn't want to have to, you know, give up two draft picks to get those deals done. It reshaped your entire approach to the whole offseason. Yeah. So, no, I do not consider last year a bridge year. And I think if you do, that's letting them off the hook in a ridiculous way. They need to be held in. I said it back then. I'll say it now. If the luxury tax mess up last year was, you know, held to the point where they were like, we don't know if we can believe in Bloom or, you know, I don't know if this is going to work with him anymore. I would have totally understood it because I believe it was that much of a boneheaded mess up mm-hmm. that even homers like us who sit here and look at the most optimistic side all said before they need to get under it. Everybody said they needed to get under it. And instead, they doubled down on something on a half-ass attempt of a roster that they had put together before the season where they didn't go far enough to sustain or deal with the injury that happened to Chris Sale or help a bullpen that was already an arm short before that. All right. The Stop and Shop look ahead. Brought to you by Stop and Shop. Use promo code SECTION10 at Stop and Shop and that'll get you 10 cents off your tangerines at Stop and Shop, but you have to buy five pounds of tangerines to get the promo code unlocked for your tangerines. So head on down to Stop and Shop today. Uh, I saw the Section 10 Reddit page had the uh, Bob Stop and Shop. That was pretty cool. Um, hashtag Bob Stop. He, I mean, give him more opportunities. It was his first fucking play. You're an asshole. Dude, dude, spare me, spare me, spare me, spare me. Oh, Jared, Jared, you want to see more Bobby Dahlbeck? First of all, fuck off. (laughs) I I asked you a fucking question. Fuck you. Answer it. Dickhead. Yes. Yes. You want to see more of Bobby Dahlbeck every day. You should be thrown in fucking jail for that. I want him there. You should be jailed every fucking day, Tyler. I can't do the horn today. I want Bob Stop every fucking day pencil the six no. next to my guy bobby Jake. dollback stop fucking nodding your head Jake. you did this look at me look at me bob stop hashtag suck these nuts look every at me. day dude you're a fucking idiot no, if you no. think he shouldn't be the shortstop one more fucking time he should be the shortstop of the boston red sox every single day kike center field you shitting me he's not out there making the plays you know who's out there making the plays at short tyler it not is bobby delbeck i promise you it's not bobby delbeck no 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 your last place boston red sox it's the this is the same shit you know last episode you did this and what happens he somehow because yoshida gets hurt ends up at shortstop when the Red Sox did not want him out there. They did not want to fall into that hole. It's a four-game series against the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim. Spare me. In game one, which is on Apple TV, talk about spare me. I don't know what I'm going to do. 
I don't know what I'm going to do. I, I'm, I'm not going to be around. So I was going to like watch it on my phone, but now I can't watch it on my phone. I don't, I don't even think I'm going to be able to watch the game because it's on Apple TV. <laughs> I'm just now having this, this realization. Can so you watch that, Apple TV on your phone? I, don't, I always, I have like an Apple, the, the box or whatever. So like, I feel like I'm very clueless to how it actually works. You know what I'm saying? Like I have the Apple box for like my TV. Jake, so it's Steve like, Jobs. I need to, I, where? He, Jared, he's dead. That's not what I asked. No, I said, I'm get him on the show. I want to know how to watch the game on Friday. I don't think he knows. Whatever, dude. Tanner Houck versus Patrick Sandoval. 7.10 p.m. on Apple Plus. Nick Pavetta versus Tyler Anderson on Saturday. That's a 4.10 p.m. start. Garrett Whitlock. Versus Reed Detmers on Sunday. That's a 1.35 p.m. start. And then Marathon Monday. Shout out to Brock Holt running in the Boston Marathon on Monday. Uh, that is slated to be Chris Sale. But could it be Brian Bayo? I don't know. Brian Bayo on maybe Monday versus Shohei Otani at 11.10 a.m.? Sunday would be five days rest for him. He threw the same day as Whitlock on Tuesday. I mean, the Red Sox, here's, here's what the Red Sox website has. Red Sox website has Sandoval versus Hauk, Anderson versus Pavetta, Detmers versus Whitlock, Shohei Otani versus TBD. So the opening, it lines up to be sale, but it also could be Bayo. I don't know. So we'll see. I just realized when I did the math that has Bayo for Saturday. So that yeah, definitely you're... doesn't make sense. Uh, the, Angel, the Angels are seven and five. Patrick Sandoval, one and zero with a one six four ERA, uh, was really good in the World Baseball Classic. And what do you know? He is a fucking left-handed pitcher, Tyler. We got another lefty in a string of uh, three in a row in this series. His strikeouts per nine is three point three. How is that possible? How can you have a 164 ERA in two starts with a 3.3 strikeouts per nine? I don't know. Uh, he's got the 164 in two starts. He's only struck out four batters. That's the fit. Look at the FIP. It's 468. Ooh. So maybe maybe the Red Sox are going to get to him. FIP is 468. Uh, his last start was great against the Blue Jays. Six innings, six hits, one earned run, one walk, two strikeouts. Got a no decision. <clears throat> got a no decision. Um, he's very different righty versus lefty. Right-handed hitters, you're going to see the change-up, four-seam, slider, curve. Uh, lefties, you're going to see sinker, slider. And he never throws the sinker to righties. Um, he's holding righties to a 194 batting average. Lefties, 250 batting average. Um, Red Sox hitters, eight for 26, couple doubles, three walks, five strikeouts. Uh, Justin Turner, five for 10 with a double and three walks, 12-15 OPS. Raffy, Two for three with a double and a 1667 OPS. Uh, Tyler Anderson. Guess what? Fucking lefty. 1-0, 422 ERA, a 141 whip, a 6.8 strikeouts per nine. Uh, so he's, he was great in his first one, but that was against the Oakland A's. Six innings, four hits, no earned runs, a couple walks, four strikeouts, got the win. And then he, against the Toronto Blue Jays, four and two-thirds innings, seven hits, five earned runs. Three home runs allowed. 
three home runs allowed. Uh, righties, uh, they fucking crush him. 324 with a 996 OPS. Uh, it looks like he hasn't given up a hit to a lefty this year. That's interesting. Interesting. Um, his four seam sucks. Tops out at 90, slop jalop. Uh, hitters, 400 batting average, 800 slug against his uh, four seam fastball. Change ups his, bas- uh, his best pitch, average, average exit velo of 80.4, which is very good. Red Sox hitters, 333 with an OPS just over 1,000. Uh, you got JT, 17 for 34, four doubles, three homers, 14, 21 OPS. Kike, Seven for 31, three doubles, a triple, and two homers. 949 OPS. It's a couple of Dodgers, former Dodgers doing some damage there. Uh, And then we've got Reed Detmers, another lefty. 0-0, a 559 ERA, 145 whip, and somehow has an 11.2 strikeouts per nine. Um, Detmers falls somewhere in the between of Sandoval and Anderson. Uh, his FIP is 413, so he's been unlucky. In 2022, a 377 ERA. His, uh, he's seen a fastball uptick in two miles per hour with the fastball. He went from 93.2 last year to 95.1 this year. Um, he's allowed at least three runs and walked at least two hitters in both of his starts this year. He did pitch against the Red Sox. Twice last year, nine innings, seven hits, three earned, four walks. Uh, the Red Sox were one and one in those games. Red Sox hitters, six for 24. Um, unfortunately, of the three doubles, Trevor Story has two of them. Then in the finale, it is Shohei Otani, who's two and zero. Oh, with an 047 ERA, an 095 whip, and an 11.4 strikeouts per nine. <laughs> oh man, there is a lot of red on that baseball savant page. Man. Um I still he, look back at last year's start against the Red Sox as one of the lowest points of the season before <laughs> they got it right. Yeah. I just remember Matt, uh, him taking Matt Barnes to the moon and I talked to him after the game and I was like, bro, <laughs> you can't beat yourself up. It's fucking Shohei Otani. <laughs> like, you should ask the fan who caught it for it back and then have him sign it. Like, that's that's pretty cool. I would love to give up a home run to Shohei Otani. Um, he walks people. Um, no one really chases his pitches, but it doesn't matter because they can't hit him anyway. Uh, Red Sox hitters. 167 batting average, 179 on base. That's a 419 OPS. Four doubles. They have not walked against him. And 18 strikeouts and 56 at-bats. Zero walks, 18 strikeouts. Uh, Verdugo, two for nine. And those two hits are doubles. So I guess that's our only hope is Alex Verdugo on Monday against Shohei Yotani. Um, <laughs> prediction time. Jake, I think the Red Sox will sweep. <laughs> you do bold. Yeah, I think so. Hmm. 
Okay. I had a second to marinate on that. Uh, I like it. Oh, you're going to pick it? We'll find out right after this. Um, right after the sad read. Because listen, there is so much basketball to watch right now. It is crazy. And like a ball with a funky spin, it can be hard to get a handle on it all. And now you can stay on top of all the madness with Xfinity 10G network. With Xfinity 10G, you can power through an entire uh, house full of devices with ultra low lag. So you and everyone that you know can stream every single game at the same time and never miss a shot. And if you're on the go, Xfinity will still be right there with the assist with millions of Wi-Fi hotspots. Introducing the next generation 10G network only from Xfinity. The future starts now. Learn more at Xfinity.com slash 10G and let's go Kentucky. Tyler, it's your prediction. Yeah, I, I honestly I thought hard about this before we even started recording. Uh, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go two for four, uh, and that's hopeful. Yeah, nice We're little split. split, Tyler. We're gonna split. The, that's the positivity split. we need. You can't. You can't lose another series. Can't you lose the to... series if you split it. Th- that's true. That means you didn't lose it if you split it. Right I don't down look at any... the fucking middle, Tyler. That's not a series loss if you win two. That's it. You You're also facing lose Otani. two, but you didn't lose them all. Oh, God. It makes me so sad listening to the positivity horn right now. But like, you're not getting any easy matchup. You want it again? No, please don't. Okay. All right. Um, one more time, Tyler. Oh, here come the tears. Just one more time there to talk go. about this big time series <laughs> split against the Anaheim Angels yeah. of Los Angeles, California. Shohei Otani's coming to Fenway. Otani's got a half a fucking run for an ERA. He, Mike Trout's coming to town. Anthony oh. Rendon's coming to town. Shohei's doing his thing. It's going to be great. Right down the middle. Series split. Series split. You gotta, you gotta come in here and at least win two games and show this thing isn't going off the tracks. Because if mm-hmm. you, if you lose three out of four, you get swept. It's gonna get ugly here, real, real quickly. Mm-hmm. Uh, I got one out of three. Wow. What uh, what do you think goes wrong? What's the story of this? Series? Everything. Everything. Wow. You are in a dark place. I am not doing well. Which game do they win? Uh, the Reed Detmers game. Okay. All right. Yikes. This is sad. It's April 13th. Yeah, it's bad. It's not good. <laughs> it's not good. So. I hope they prove me wrong. I want to be wrong. But it, we're going to well, find out how much this team has in terms of fight this series. Mm-hmm. If they can punch back and just be respectable and get Yoshida back and he kind of looks like he needs to and things start to flow. Garrett Whitlock doesn't look like a mess in the rotation. Um, who knows? The, you can get this thing back on the tracks. Can't let it keep going off because you were you were teetering. Um. Are you going to any games? Have you been to a game yet? I have not. I have not been to Fenway yet this year. Oh, that's too bad because I, I asked you to go to a game with me and you told me to, quote unquote, fuck myself. Whoa, yeah. whoa, 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 mm-hmm. whoa. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, as a, as a man in a committed relationship, um, um, I, I had to. I had to go to a family party. 
I would have loved to have been there with you. Yeah, they were a dugout the, seat. Yeah, I don't want to say whose seats they are, but I feel like a shithead for not being there. Yeah, you are a shithead. I want to say, it, was it the was it the Adam Duvall walk-off home run game? It was that game, actually. Yeah, you're a fucking idiot. That I'm was probably a loser. the only time that you'd ever be happy this year. You, I'm sure that cookout was awesome, though. It wasn't a cookout. It was a Whatever, dinner. Dude. Whatever, dude. <laughs> I'm doing my best. Yeah, you're doing, not doing a good job. Um, Fuck you. You want Bobby Delvick at shortstop. You have no rights. Bob stop. I hope we see Bobby all four games at shortstop in this series. Please kill me. Shohei Otani, you think you're fucking good at baseball? Wait till you see Bob stop. And there might be a game where the Red Sox are losing by 18 runs. Guess what? Bob can pitch too. He's pitched in college and he was actually really good. People forget that. People forget that Bobby Dahlbeck pitched in college. He's very good. Arizona. I have good word that the Rays liked him as a pitcher more than a hitter. Yep. So, all right. One out of three. That's, that's, that's called progress. We're going to get two. I hope, I hope so. By the way, uh, shout out to, I, I, I don't have it offhand, but the Reddit user on the Section 10 Reddit that uh, is keeping track of all of our predictions. I'm just, I'm shooting for wins now. Like, I'm not going for the optimistic pick. Does it, has anyone gotten one right except for Jake picking a sweep? Oh, how, are, are you, what's your problem with me today? You've gotten one? I got the first one. Oh, okay. Put some fucking respect on my name, please. Sorry. I, I apologize. Yeah, thank you. The start. Okay. I apologize. I was wrong. Oh, also, the person who asked if I was an iPad kid uh, as a child, I, I was not young enough to be an iPad kid, but I did sit on my mean? computer a lot. You know, like when you see like a eight-year-old today and they just have the iPad in front of uh, their face yeah. and that's like all they do. Mm-hmm. I was kind of, I was, I was of that breed. I just came a little bit earlier. Mm. Okay. Look at me now. Yeah, you're doing great. Fuck you. I can't even compliment this guy, Jake. It's fucking crazy. Fuck you too, Jake. Jesus Christ. This I'm, guy's sorry. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Wrap this up. You need to you need to wrap it up. You you're unhinged right now. Garrett Willock's a starter. He's not. Cond- All right. He we'll is be back. Uh we'll be back on Monday afternoon. Uh, because the Red Sox are playing an eleven AM game on Monday. I don't want to go. Will I you? Really, no, I don't want to go. Well, we have to record Baseball's Dead at 11 on Monday anyway, so I'll be watching the game while I'm recording Baseball's Dead. So I, 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 I do not like being in the city of Boston to, on Marathon Monday. It's just too much, too much happening. So, but maybe I'll be there at some point this weekend. Maybe I'll extend Come. another invite that you'll decline because you're a piece of shit. Watch next time you send an invite. Watch. Okay. okay. All right, we'll see. Dickhead. You can even I, I I'll even I'll even third wheel. You can you can take your girlfriend too. Oh, she she's she's had enough of the Red Sox. Um, the the start to the season has not had a a good impact on us because I, I have not I have not been open to any. Don't cheer me up. Don't don't uh, console listen, me about so it. We can do we can do a triple date. We'll do a triple date. I can't with the Red Sox right now. I'm let's not a, a good person let's right do a now. Let's do, 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 let's do a triple date. Why not? Have a little bonding time. Yeah. Jake, would you like that? That'd be awesome. Yeah. Quad date. With who? Uh, Jake Pat, too. Pat would not. Jake what? can bring his girlfriend. 
That's a fucking triple date, you idiot. Oh. Is, is this fucking Let's guy go serious, Jake? Let's Let's go go is this fucking Let's guy serious? I literally said a triple date. That means three. And you tried to include Jake to make it four. That doesn't make any sense, Tyler. You're an idiot. We'll be back on Monday. Let you know if we have the fucking quadruple date. All right. Fuck see you, you later. Fucking idiot. Buenas noches, amigos. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.